I think hair is is an accessory that, and it's a big part of our identity and it should be adorned and celebrated. And I think we had it right, you know, many, many years ago, centuries ago even, because we had like such unique hairstyles in each region and they're just beautiful to look at and nothing like them exists elsewhere. A Salam and hello everyone and welcome to the show. My name is Lily Bakala Piper and as always I am so honored that you've tuned in. Today's episode is near and dear to my heart. We are going to be talking about hair. Yes, the crowns that we wear and deal with and spend money and time on every single day. In our household, hair is a big thing. I have four kids and all of them have a different hair journey. So my eldest daughter does beautiful natural styles that oftentimes take her hours and hours, but I have to say, I'm always impressed with the end result. My other daughter, who's my last born, has gone back and forth with her hairstyles. Right now, she's rocking a lot of twists and a lot of extensions. And in the process of growing out a relaxer that was really making her life easy for many years after having natural hair for almost her entire life. Then a couple of years ago, my sons decided that there was not enough hair drama in our house and they wanted in on the hair game too. So one of my sons has braids and the other one has very long locks that actually, I have to admit, look very, very good. And as for me here in my 40s, I find myself in my own like kind of new chapter of hair. I have for many years had my hair in its natural state after probably 20 plus years of having a relaxer, but my hair has gotten thinner. And so I've added clip-ins to help me add to, you know, some volume and some length to my hair and also, you know, to protect <laughs> the hair that I have on my head. So in addition to the time and money we're spending at our house, as I looked into the issue of black hair, I was amazed to find out that many in the industry are predicting that by 2026, the black hair care industry across the world, both in Africa and everywhere else, will reach the $1 trillion mark. That's right, $1 trillion are being spent by women across the world to maintain and care for their hair. I mean, on top of that, hair has really become the way that we understand ourselves, right? I mean, in the continent, hair is an expression of our culture, of our identity. In the diaspora, it's definitely been not only an expression of joy and beauty, but also of revolution and of strength and of power. I mean, hair is everything. Hair is art. Hair is beauty. Hair is a political statement oftentimes. And on the day-to-day -day level, hair is also time and money. And hair, of course, is a business. So to help me navigate all of the ups and downs, the kinks, the coils, the afros, the extensions, the weaves, the sew-ins, wherever you find yourself on the hair care spectrum, is my friend Salam Emiru. Salam is a hair entrepreneur and the founder of the company Glisten. Glisten is a company whose mission it is to empower women to understand, nurture, and love their hair. I just love the ethos of her company. And as one of her clients, I can tell you that is exactly what Glisten offers them. Salam has a background in the tech industry as well. And so she's combined her passion for hair and her background in tech to really offer services to women to help them really find a path that works for them in their daily lives. She has invested years of research and wisdom of the hair care industry and now is offering that to clients in a very easy to use platform called Listen, which you're gonna hear a lot about in this conversation. 
So I am really excited about this conversation, and I think you'll really enjoy hearing from my friend and the founder of Glisten, Salam Emiru. Salam, welcome to the show. Thank you, Lily, for that very warm welcome and introduction. Very happy to be here. I'm so, so glad that you made time. And, you know, we met a couple of years ago in Nairobi, both part of the Habesha community here. I think we met in a creative space. Um, but eventually I started to hear about the fact that you had this company that you were launching about hair and I was immediately <laughs> drawn. I think I DM'd you right away and said, please, please, please book for me and my daughters. And I loved every part of our work with you, both the personal attention, the thoughtfulness, the time you took to understand not only what we were using and what we where we wanted to go with our hair, but also you know, what we could do, what was possible for us. And so tell us a little bit more about the Glisten story and why you decided that this company was a necessary next journey for you. Thank you so much. So Glisten started as a passion project, really started with me trying to figure out my own hair. Growing up in Ethiopia, we outsourced our hair care to hair salons and women who would come to the house and braid our hair. We never uh, thought about even figuring out and styling our own hair. So fast forward to college and after college, the work world that I entered, that's when I really needed to think about, okay, how do I style my hair consistently? And um, I was under the impression that I needed to have a certain straight haired look to fit in that corporate world. Um, so I was straightening my hair, traveling a lot. It was very hard to keep up the straight hair uh, when traveling. So there was a lot of frustration, angst. Um, nervousness, just a lot of energy, emotionally, mentally, financially, too, spent on trying to figure out my hair for the next week that I'm traveling. Um, so I needed to really understand my hair better in order to style it and be happy with it. I was watching as my hair um, got thinner because it was getting straightened so much. Um, so there was a time where I moved from Chicago to Minneapolis after I got married and um, really had a lot of time there um, trying to understand my own hair. This was many, many years ago before the natural, care movement, natural hair movement was mainstream. So there were a handful of bloggers that would share their learnings and go exploring and share what they find out in the market or even experiment with their own home products. I started following them, experimenting myself, trying on new products, methods, tools, really just getting down to the science of hair and why my hair was acting the way it did. Um, so whenever I go back to visit friends and family in Chicago, every few weeks, people started noticing that my hair started looking better. It was fuller, shinier, and they started asking what I was doing. So I started sharing what I was learning. Um, and then that circle grew from friends and family to friends of friends to people I didn't know hearing about what I was doing and wanting answers because there just wasn't enough information out there for them. Um, so I realized that this is really a big problem. Um, at, around that time, we also left the U.S. and started moving around with my husband um, and also started a family. And we lived in Albania, then Zambia, then Kenya, and now Uganda. And in all of the countries that we lived in, I realized that the hair care um, conversation was a topic that always came up in social circles with women. And, um, and most of the time, it's women being frustrated because they can't find a product that they liked, but now they're out and they can't find it in the current market, in the local market, or they love a product uh, and they are bragging or raving about it. And then friends would buy that same product, but it wouldn't work the same way. Then they're frustrated. So then we would discuss that. So I realized this issue of women not finding the right information, Black women with textured hair, not finding information of products 
was a global issue. It wasn't just a US issue or the Ethiopia issue. It really was global. And that's when I set out to found Listen, which fills the gap, um, the personalized care, care and advice gap that still exists today. So when I started, there wasn't enough information. I had to do a lot of research. Now there's so much information uh, and so many products out in the market because the natural hair care industry is quite lucrative. And now women are inundated with products, ads, um, and advice and videos, but they're still left dissatisfied uns, un, um, um, because they keep buying products that are not cheap uh, or trying tricks and methods that still don't work for him. So I, for them, so I felt like what was missing was the personalized piece. So the Glisten distills information and only presents to you things that are relevant and useful to you. The way we do this is via our platform, which is a tech-enabled platform. Um, women are invited to tell us about their hair via a quiz. Um, then they create an account and then they have access to their own personalized hair portal or a page where they have very, very personalized and tailored information for them. So this is routines um, that of what to do daily, weekly, monthly, et cetera. Products that they can buy um, that are handpicked again by the Glisten algorithm that will work for them and tools as well as products. Videos curated, video tutorials created with their hair in mind. Uh, concoctions, recipes for concoctions and treatments that they can make at home. And for those that really wanna get into the science of hair, we even have a section where we offer very detailed explanations of issues that they have said they encounter. Um, on top of that, they can always chat directly with me. There's a provision. Um, so that's Glisten in a nutshell. Thank you, Salam. I know how much that consultation meant for my daughter and I, because you're absolutely right. As a mom who's had kids in the last you know, 20 years, I was thrilled to find blog after blog and tutorial after tutorial, but then it was overwhelming. And there were so many styles that we tried that didn't work on our hair or didn't work the first or second time. And so having the opportunity to talk with you, walk through it, and then on your website, also having that personalized feedback was was just unlike anything I'd ever had. And while you grew up in Ethiopia and were able to outsource that, I kind of had the opposite experience in the U.S. of never going to a salon. I think on my wedding, I think when I got married, I went to a salon. <laughs> but other than that, really, I just did not. It was all, we did it all at home, you know, between my mother's knees and you know, she did my relaxers when I was a kid. And so like, even then, even though I did my own hair, I still had to learn it because if you have a relaxer, really it was wash, blow dry with the whatever, manaman, and then hot curling iron, that was it. There wasn't, I didn't understand any other part of it, except you should not, I didn't want to get it wet. You know, that, that was the number <laughs> one rule, don't get it wet, you know. So Glisten is really, I think, a whole new way to learn about your hair and interact with your hair that we really, really have needed. Let me ask you, when you when clients come to you and they use your platform, what do you want them to feel after they've had an experience with Glisten about themselves and about their hair? So our mission at Glisten is to empower women to understand, nurture, and love their hair. So I want them to understand their hair first and foremost. Um, and that understanding and that information will empower them. Um, once they understand your hair, then you can make choices based on information and not based on um, some marketing gimmick or friends saying this product works or this way is the way. So that's my number one goal is to empower women with information. Can you remember a time either growing up or recently where you got your hair done and it changed how you felt about yourself. Like, is there a hair story for you that 
really, you know, comes to your mind when you're working with clients, you know, that kind of is a North star for you or inspires you to keep out the work that you're doing? Um, I think, and, and, and this is sad because it's, it, it shows you how much we seek validation outside of ourselves. But I think when I, first, when I finally worked up the courage to wear my hair natural um, in a work corporate setting back in the U.S. And um, uh, my supervisor at the time was like, wow, your hair is gorgeous. How did you get, get it to do that? It's beautiful. How come we've never seen it like this? And I was like, wow, I, I mean, I guess she's right, you know. So that is that sticks in my mind because um, I spent so much time trying to look a way that I would that's not even natural to me and um, this is really what's resonated even with others beyond me was my natural look I think that's one time and another time is very recently and this this one is um <laughs> so uh I dyed my hair recently after not dyeing it for a really long time and um it was first jarring even for me to because I have such like jet black hair to have this very distinct look now with the lighter colors it looks um, good by the way I like it thank you so much thank you uh and um it brings joy to me because a lot of the my followers and people I interacted with so and then they said oh we've been wanting to dye our hair but you never dye your hair so we felt like that's a bad thing and now that you've dyed it we're going to die like uh, <laughs> I had that like collective feedback it's overwhelming it's very interesting and I was like wow I, I guess um I have, I didn't realize I was sending the message of you should not enjoy your hair, maybe. And so mm-hmm. it, it brings me joy to see now that um, I'm letting people know hair is meant to be enjoyed. As long as you know how to care for it and you know what you're getting into and what it comes with, it's okay to experiment, diet, cut it, permit. Really, the information is what I'm about. And then once you're informed, you can make those choices. So when I realized that uh, I am empowering women to see me and say, okay, you know what, we can enjoy our hair too. It doesn't have to be gloom and doom and this burden that we have to carry. It's also meant to be enjoyed. And that's really a shift, even in my mindset and in Glisten's also ethos that we are now exp- ex- like publicizing in 2023 is this ease mentality that it's really meant to be enjoyed. I like that idea of ease. Let's talk about that a bit. Why the word ease? What What made you want to shift and focus on that? Um, so with with myself personally and Glisten, um, we're always learning and evolving. Um, I think with the more information, the more research uh, is done and the more experiences people have, that shapes our opinion of what is and what isn't or what works and what doesn't. And after years of me, my experimenting hair care methods on myself, there were times where I had a heat limit of only two to three times a year where I would heat style my hair. Um and so there was this idea that if you are going to go natural uh, or, you know, go on a natural hair journey, you must do these 10 things. You know, wash day is like starts from the morning or even the night before with a pre-treatment. <laughs> then you do this, do that, detangle and wash and condition. And it can take hours uh, and, and you really have to plan around it or plan for it. And um, so there was this idea that natural hair had to be this task and then you have to make time for it. You have to invest in it. And over the years, I've realized that there are things you can do to condense the time. You don't have to do everything all the time. And this ritual around natural hair brings joy to some, but some for some, it really is a burden. And for those that want to save their time and do something else with their time, there are ways to achieve that. And so we've decided as Glisten as a whole that we really want to talk about ease. Um, we all have a lot going on and we have different seasons in our lives. And so sometimes you may have the time and energy to want to just delve deep into it and do everything you want 
to do. But there are seasons where you just don't have the time or you just don't want to. And that's also okay. So we are saying it's all about ease. You pick and choose what works for you and what brings you joy. And it's going to be okay in the end. I love that. Okay. So let me, I'm going to ask you two questions specifically about that. Okay. First of all, is there a shortcut way to bring ease to all of our lives that is universal, that we have all kind of missed out in this 10-step natural hair, pre-poot, all-day era that we've been living in? Is there like a quick quick uh, cheat sheet you can give us to bring us all a little more ease? <laughs> I'm all about personalization, so I don't like to give blanket. You don't advice. like to do this. I, I, yes, I you, <laughs> you, um, But the idea is um, really... Um, hair is made up of protein um once it comes out of your scalp it's it's dead tissue it doesn't have life and so if you see a product that says it's going to mend your split ends it's not true it doesn't matter how long you keep that thing on your hair the split ends are split they're not going to bond again so mm. uh, and you wouldn't want them to you just want to cut it and just nourish the rest of your hair so uh, i think ease is with ease is like you're also seeing through those things um and again without um without knowing each person's situation i can't say oh this is going to save you a ton of time because you might have a scalp issue that really does need attention or you may have sure. volumes of hair that will really just take longer uh, but if you come on our platform we will be able to give you that's that advice <laughs> that's fair no i appreciate that i appreciate that because you know i think as as women with textured hair i heard you say that earlier so let me use that phrase because women with textured hair is maybe a better way to capture the clients that you're working with and the women on, across the diaspora our needs are are diverse as diverse as where we are the water that we have coming out of the pipes here in nairobi i'm sure are different than what you're getting in kampala that will affect our hair my diet and it's going to be different than your diet your genetics so all of those things will you know feed into it so the more we know that knowledge is power and will help us you know do better by our hair so that's a fair statement so when you're advising clients, you know, and you're trying to help them create solutions for their day-to-day life and, and for whatever season they're in with their hair, when they're choosing between maybe time and money or money and time resources, I mean, you have to choose, right? You can't put always spend all the money or all the time that you want on your hair. How are you helping them find the right balance for where they are? I mean, and again, I know that each person is going to have their own, but there's got to be some kind of metric or some kind of guide that helps I stay on track because this whole spending piece and the fact that the industry in, in a few years are predicting to be a $1 trillion industry is, is so mind-blowing. I mean, that's a radical shift, I think, from where we were a few years ago. So how should we be evaluating the time and the money that we're spending on our hair so that we make better decisions? Yes. So um, I think spending more, it's just uh, in the forecast, I think has to do with the ease of being able to get access to things now more than before. Uh, you can just sit on in Nairobi and order things on WhatsApp and they're at your doorstep in you know an hour. So I think that contributes a lot to our access. Uh, our access contributes a lot uh, as well as our um, increasing discretionary income and increasing um, middle class in Africa. But um, what I advise clients is uh, once we, again, it's, it goes, it all goes back to information, but there are certain things you just must have. You must be able to clean your hair and condition it. Um, and so we start from the very basics of like, what do you need to do to keep your hair healthy? Uh, it needs to be cleaned and then conditioned. And then once we figure out the styles that they want to achieve, there are maybe some styling products and tools that are involved. That's the basic 
after that, um, it's a choice if you want to experiment with new products or new styles. And when we empower women with the things that they need to look out for in products, once they understand you really don't need 20 products, you need something to clean it with, to condition it with, something to style it with, maybe maintain the style. So once you understand um, the, the function of each product and how many you really need, then you also have that lens when you're going out shopping or you come across an ad, you'll be like, okay, what does this really do? What is the function? And do I already have that uh, yeah. product? Yeah. Um, and then uh, once you also know how to look at a product description um, and what ingredients you would like to have in your hair, it'd be very easy to pick the ones you would like and you won't be distracted by the barrage of information being thrown at you. I'm kind of laughing to myself because as soon as you said how many products I'm just thinking about, I'm I'm in my daughter's room doing this episode in her bathroom. Uh, it's just over here. I'm just thinking about how many products are in there right now and how we, and at the end of the day, we're always fighting for the same two or three and I'm looking for it. She's, she's hidden it and, and back and forth. And we're always fighting over the same brush, you know, but you're so right. We, we buy stuff because we think it's going to solve all of our problems. And the, the fact of the matter is we just don't have the knowledge. We just don't have the understanding of how our hair works and what it actually, actually needs, which really brings me to this bigger question of the context in which we are sitting with our hair, right? It's the, it's societies that we're sitting in, the cultures that we're in, and we both are part of the Habesha culture and at least in Addis Ababa and in the circles that we're in in the diaspora, hair is a big deal. It's it's definitely representative of how you feel about yourself. And I think we have some codes, maybe some cultural codes about what kind of hair is acceptable for what. Have we overdone it in our Habesha culture in particular? Maybe we should speak only to that one since that's the one we're a part of around the value we place on, on having our hair quaffed and curled and, and perfected. <laughs> I think hair is, is an accessory that, and it's a big part of our identity and it should be adorned and celebrated. And I think we had it right, you know, many, many years ago, centuries ago even, uh, because we had like such unique hairstyles in each region and they're just beautiful to look at and nothing like them exists elsewhere. Um, I think in the, in the recent few decades, you're right. Uh, there is this uh, standard way that every woman needs to look to be in a professional setting or to attend an occasion. And um, it seems that because the labor is so cheap and hair care services are available everywhere, it's a part of your routine to just get your hair done. And I'm not sure if much thought is even put into it or intention about, um, oh, should I explore another look, perhaps my own natural hair? I think it's so ingrained in our recent culture that you wake up, you get, you get your hair done every week or even maybe even more frequently because it's just such a big part of our routines that I don't think we even stop to think. But without knowing it, we've all become to look alike or very similar in, our, in how we style our hair. And yeah. yes, I think it still persists today. And um, and now with uh, with other styles uh, and with social media and just access to trade and import things, uh, I think more of that is being perpetrated. But I think there's a, a, a group of women, even younger generations, that are starting to really nurture and style and wear their natural hair in braids or in curls and afros. Yeah, I, I definitely am, I'm seeing that a bit more, but I, I definitely grew up in the era where the longer, the better, the like straighter, the better. And and honestly, that really impacts on your identity, right? It becomes 
the way that you see yourself in the world and the value you place. And, and it's, it's not just the hair, it's, it's I think Habesha culture. And I will just say this from my point of view, overvalues beauty to the point where it really becomes how we interact with the world and place, again, worth and value on things that I think is is, is hard. And as somebody who's raising daughters in particular, I've, I found it challenging to navigate when we go back home and we have these conversations and we go places and what's appreciated about them might be their hair or what's appreciated about them or commented about might be mm-hmm you know, how they look as opposed to the conversation they're able to carry or something else. And so, I don't know, Salam, as you're raising your own daughters, you know, how are you navigating what our culture has done well and what our culture hasn't done so well around ideas of, of beauty and hair and what it, how it translates to identity? So I'm thinking, as you're saying that, I am thinking back to my upbringing. And I think like when you're in a school age kid, you'll just get braids or like a ponytail. That's yes. it. And then uh, as soon as you graduate, now you're just transformed into a woman and then you have to get your hair done. It's like, it was very interesting. And then we do have songs about like, oh, her hair has grown, you know, it grows long down her back or something. I mean, um, mm-hmm. so yes, it's it's been ingrained in us that this is like the look you should aim for. And you're right. It's up to us now to ingrain in our children that that is not really the stand the one standard of beauty in our in our household uh i mean hair is a big part of my life and my family life i have three girls no boys and uh not to say that boys don't style their hair but i spend a lot of time on hair because of the three girls so we have a routine around it and uh, what i want to show them with my actions is that i'm enjoying my hair i'm experimenting with it i'm learning to take care of it but in the end it's it brings me joy and not I'm not struggling or like striving to look different or I'm not spending so much time that I'm exhausted from it. It's a balance. So I'm trying to show them that and do it with them. Um, they're a big part of Glisten. They're my biggest cheerleaders. They even give me content ideas. They edit some of my um, content on Instagram. Um, and then when we do their hair, we have routines around it and rituals. It's usually Sunday afternoons. We like to spend it together. They decide who goes first, second, third. I have an album on my phone where they pick braid styles from and then we either listen to a podcast or watch something together or they read for me as I do their hair. So I've, I I want them to 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 spend that time with me, but also learn about their hair. Whereas I grew up, someone doing my hair, all I needed, all I wanted was just to be done so I can get back to playing. Right. <laughs> uh, so I don't want them, I don't want to distract them from it. And then they grow up one day and now have to deal with it. So I want to make sure that they understand their hair. And the oldest one, when I was braiding her hair this past weekend, asked when she's going to be able to start styling and caring for her own hair. And I'm so happy that she's come to this point where she wants to own the caring of her own hair. And so now we've agreed she's going to start doing that. Um, That's soon. beautiful. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. That's beautiful. Yeah, that's really, like you said, that, that that joyful ritual, that joyful tradition is something you're introducing, which is which is so powerful. I mean, I think I have we had a similar kind of Sunday ritual when I was a kid. But I think, again, growing up in an era where it was more of a struggle, I also wanted to just be done with my mom doing my hair. But, you know, this kind of changing the atmosphere around it where it's not a struggle, where it's a conversation, it's one-on-one time. It, that's quite beautiful. That's quite beautiful. Yeah. But I will so, mention, um, if I may, that, um, you know, as much as I try to, um, to project this uh, into them, that it should bring you joy, you should know it and nurture it and love it, they do see other styles and they want 
to especially the youngest one wants the hair sometimes to be straight or to she doesn't articulate it that way but she will just say I want it to be longer and not come up like this so <laughs> she is noticing different hair textures at school or um, on tv and she is wanting and I and it's okay to want these things or even wonder about them and even try them out um, I just don't want her not liking her natural hair and so she nice. when I ask her how she wants to style her hair on those weeks that it's not braided she has all these very interesting things she wants to try and if I have time I do uh, um, you know I do want to do those things for her she'll be like I want one braid coming down this side tie on this side leave this one down put water over here like she's and I love that for her so I want her to experiment and know that her hair can do so many things um, and that it doesn't have to look one certain way yeah I think that's really powerful Salah because I think in our efforts sometimes to affirm, particularly our Black daughter's identity around hair, we may absolutely shun everything else, right? And say, no, 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 that's the colonizer's hair or whatever, whatever. And instead, what we need to do is, is in, allow the conversation to happen and invite the imagination to play out. And, and then most importantly, the conversation, right? Just to have the yeah. ability to converse with her about it. And then, like you said, to affirm that her own hair is beautiful as it is, but then let her play with it and find the joy for herself. But it does mm -hmm. make me think about this whole natural hair care movement and how there has been, I think, phases of real judgment if you wanted to straighten your hair. And I remember when I had my fourth child, I was like, okay, enough natural hair. I'm going right back to my friend, the relaxer. Where is my dark and lovely? I'm going right back to getting a relaxer because it was so much easier. And I had four kids and I didn't have time for the pre-pooing manam and manam. I wanted to have ease in my life. You know, that was how I was going to find it. And so what are you seeing around the current trends around natural versus relaxer? Because it seems like relaxers are making a bit of a, a comeback or this thing called Texlax or something. So what are you seeing around this? Yeah, uh, so you're right. When uh, the natural hair movement like took over our lives, uh, it was you, you know natural hair or bust. Like if if you're gonna go natural, <laughs> you go all natural. You do all the oil, the butter, the lock method. Everything. You do everything. And you change your name. <laughs> yes, and we did it with pride because we were rediscovering ourselves, and we're not shy or afraid or ashamed of it anymore. And and of course, company followed suit and started making products to ride on that wave. Um, and so it just kept getting bigger and bigger. Um, and there was a lot of judgment for those that wanted to relax it or even put heat on it. Like even my, I had like three or four times a year that I would straighten my hair. Like I was, that's how strict I was because that I was in it. But I think over the years, um, that has kind of worn off now. I think everyone is learning more now and deciding for themselves how they want to do their hair. Um, and so, uh, so that's worn off. And I think also it's fatigue, the natural hair fatigue has set in and women are just tired of this 10 step wash day routine. So I think it's a combination of realizing and wanting to choose for ourselves, but also being tired of the routine because it's not for everyone. So I think relaxing and text relaxing, which is texturizing, uh, which is letting the relaxer stay much less time on the hair. So it gives a, um, a more of a wavy or relaxed curly look versus a, a bone straight look. So those are making a comeback because women are realizing they just don't have the time and patience for it um, or have chosen from a point, from a place of empowered 
um, knowledge that this is the, the the route they want to take. And maybe, yeah, it's also a season in their lives where they don't want to spend that much time on their hair. Or maybe they just like the straight look. It's fine. Yeah, as long as it's exactly. coming from a place of empowerment. Yeah, that you're right. Exactly. As long as it's coming from a place of empowerment, which makes me think about your earlier story about your boss and, you know, the decisions we sometimes make because we think that's the standard we have to fit into. And all along we had choice, we had power. And now for sure in 2023, I'm definitely seeing the vibes from the generation alongside us, right behind us as 100% moving in the direction of like, this is acceptable. Even I'm embarrassed to tell this story, but my daughter loves to wear her hair and um, my oldest in like cornrows to simple, simple cornrows. And it's really pretty on her. It looks like I do, you know, just like simple cornrows. And mm. I would tell her that it actually looked like prison braids. I'm like, you're just wearing your prison braids today. It just looks so whatever, whatever. <laughs> so terrible. And then I saw the other day an ad for, I think it was for Dior, where um, Zoe Kravitz has her hair in simple cornrows in the Dior perfume ad. And I was like, oh, ah. <laughs> I felt so like, I was just thinking if Selah sees this, she's going to call me out because of all these years <laughs> I've been telling her how I think that hair's But you know, she's an athlete. She's a student. She's busy. Like she's like that style protects her hair. She likes how it looks and it works for her, you know? And so I really had to catch it. I catch it in myself all the time. This idea of like what's presentable, what's right. And anyway, yeah, and we're all unlearning and evolving and growing, all of yes, us. Thank you. Thank you. You're so kind. I'm going to tell her that <laughs> next time. I'm just un evolving. Just let me evolve. <laughs> so, um, you know, let's talk a little bit more about the, the kids, though, because, you know, another category, I think, that of kids and families that really are wrestling with the hair thing are families who are blended or have biracial families or even simply their kids' hair texture is different than theirs. You know, in our family, I'm Ethiopian. My husband is biracial. We have four kids. And I'm telling you, all four kids have four different hair textures. And none of them is like mine. And there are a lot of families like that who are wanting to do right by their kids but are overwhelmed. And so sometimes opt out or outsource it to somebody else. What are you seeing with your clients? And how do you help them navigate that space when they don't have that, you know, maybe Sunday ritual with their child or don't have that bond with their child because their own experience with hair is completely different than their child? I do have such clients. Uh, um, I ha I've had them in every place I've lived. It's like you said, either blended families or just having different textures on your own or adaptive families that have children with very different hair textures. And I think when something is unknown, you're, you're constantly feeling fearful about how to approach it or tackle it, especially when it comes to hair, because it's such a big part of our identity. But uh, when it's not treated right, it can hurt. Like if you detangle a child's hair without the proper products and tools, it's a painful experience. So you try to avoid it or outsource it. So it can bring a lot of angst and anxiety. And um, with my clients, uh, it's I, I really try to equip them with enough information with not overwhelming uh, on how to get started. Really, it's mostly about the detangling and uh, finding the right products that is like 50 percent of the battle because the children are always thinking it's going to hurt my hair I don't want to get my hair done but if that part is taken care of the rest can come slowly so I think again it goes back to finding the right uh, information um, based on that information now you're armed to even find your own products or use a service like listen to hand big products for you so I think it can be overwhelming, scary, because it's unknown. It's a different group of women that talk about it than you, perhaps. And so you're not sure how to even, what words to use and not use. It can be very, very 
nerve-wracking. So I advise uh, women that, that are dealing with this to, to, to seek information. Listen has great information or other sources as well. Once you are informed and can understand the science of hair and can identify the type of hair your child has, um, then you can find the right products and tools also and make this process simpler and even create joy around it essentially. There you go. And even create joy. Yeah. So you know, to all of those other parents out there, fathers, mothers who are trying to get this right, it is possible. You know, it is very possible. Glisten.me, G-L-I-S-E-N.me. Stop there, at least as a first step to understanding, you know, your child's hair. And, and it has such a big impact on their identity, such a big impact. You know, just even the other day, somebody who I met for the very first time, said to me, you know, where are you from? And I said, oh, I'm from Nairobi. They're like, no, no. I was like, oh, well, okay, I'm, I'm Ethiopian. And they're like, ah, I knew it because of your hair. And it just really made me think, you know, hair is, it's so big a part of our identity that we do want to get it right for our kids. And of uh -huh. course, what I didn't tell him was like, these are half clip-ins, by the way. So I could be from anywhere anyways. But anyway, you know, it just, it matters. It matters for our kids and it's, we should, we have enough resources now, I think, to, to get it right. So yeah. speaking of kids, should we bring on some of the Emuru clan and see if they want to give us some answers to some hair questions? Sure. Let me go get them. Okay. Hi, Leila. Hi, Naomi. Hi. Thank you for coming on to Salam and Hello. Can you believe there's a podcast named after your mom, basically? It's called yeah. Salam and Hello. <laughs> so we've been talking about Glisten today and about hair and how to take care of it, but also how it makes you feel. So I want to know from both of you, what has your mom taught you about your hair? Who wants to go oh, first? Me. Go ahead. Always wash it after you swim. That's a very good point. And you know, some of us don't always do that, when, especially when we're on holiday, because we get too tired and we fall asleep. So excellent, excellent point. Naomi, what have you learned from your mom about hair? Well... After she washes it, she she always has to put conditioner. <laughs> always have to. This is exactly what she told us earlier. So I can see she's really living it out. Okay. And what do you what? Yeah. What else? She she when she was straightening my hair, she said not to burn your ear. And did she burn your ear? Did your no. ears survive? Your ears yes. are okay. Yeah. That's a good mom because I have definitely burned my children's ears before. <laughs> so you have a good mom. And tell me what girls, what do you love about your hair? You have both of you are wearing a different style today. Curly, straight, wavy. What do you love about your hair? I like it when the sun. I like mm. it. I, it kind of looks like when I, I dye my hair when I'm in the sun a lot because it turns brown like her. Of the three girls in the family. Who has the best hairstyles? Who gets the best hairstyles on Sundays? Our dad. This one, this one. <laughs> You're very funny. <laughs> Naomi's saying Layla. Layla's saying her dad. And should we tell the world the secret about your dad's hair? Yeah. What's What's the secret about your dad's hair? What's his secret? Oh, I stole it from him. <laughs> He's bold. He's bold. That's the secret. That's the secret. That might be the best way to be. I mean, with with four ladies in the house with a lot of hair, that might be the only way he can survive, actually. You know, who would take care of him? So he decided He's just to get rid of it. One. He's the old one. 
<laughs> That's so. So Naomi and Leila, to all the kids who might be listening today, any advice for them about how to take care of their hair? My mom always takes care of my hair. I'm, I'm tangling it. But she has but this. And... But she has this brush that can untangle hair. Okay, and it's is it painful? Uh, yes, a lot. Is Especially it? the green comb. What about yes. the brush? The brush feels like The brush is okay? It's just somebody pulling your hair lightly. Lightly. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Thank you, Naomi and Leila. Thank you so much for answering a few questions for us. You're welcome. Thank you for interviewing us. It's such a pleasure. Such a pleasure. I hope I see you soon in Nairobi. Hope to see you soon. Or Kampala or Addis Ababa. So Salam, I was at an event last night and uh, there's probably 200 people in the room and I was looking around and there were so many uh, Kenyan women and Pan-African women. And I was just, as always, amazed at the amazing styles I saw, expressions of personality, just the beautiful, powerful hairstyles across the room. And really, I was like, you know, black hair is a miracle. It's just extraordinary what we are doing and what women are creating and so what do you love about the work that you're doing because I can imagine that you see all kinds of creativity as many as much as you see maybe questions and challenges you must see just such incredible things every day so what do you love about the work that you're doing and that Glisten is doing so um before I answer that I want to echo your excitement um before I think you know many many years ago women would wear weaves or wigs as a way to um, to not be able to deal with or want to deal with their natural hair um, in some cases. But I think now more than ever, women are informed and they are empowered and they, they're making choices to say, I'm going to rock a red weave today, a purple one tomorrow, and then my natural hair and maybe wear braids. And it's no longer this secret that you do behind closed doors or something you don't share. I think it's an accessory and women are realizing it and making choices from a place of empowerment. And I really like that. Uh, women are expressing themselves in many ways with hair. Uh, and it's just a joy to see. What I really like about, what I like most about the work I do is the empowerment piece of seeing women finally understand their hair and know that they are in control of the choices they make. Um, they're not, uh, you know, leaving it to a hairstylist to tell them what to do or, um, or just buying what they're sold and then being frustrated. Uh, they're not nervous uh, about a style uh, that they want to try, but they're not sure if it's going to work. Like this information um, curated to them is empowering them. And that's what I love to see. That's fantastic. So before we let you go, we like to end our show by asking our guests two questions. So let me ask you, what's your favorite drink? My favorite drink is coffee. I'm a big coffee drinker. I love, 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 love my coffee, uh, Ethiopian coffee. Um, but there is a Kenyan coffee that brand that we love that we've brought back here to uh, Kampala with us. Um, so yeah, uh, I wake up and when I think about the coffee I'm going to have, I just get excited. I love coffee. <laughs> <laughs> I, I could just see you waking up and smiling, waiting for that first cup. So I have to know mm. what what Kenyan brands you like, because I, I have my opinions as well. So I like Safari about. Lounge. Okay, Safari Lounge. I'll have to try them. I'm Spring Valley girl myself, but I will have to try Safari Lounge. Okay, that's a high recommendation coming from you. And and Salam, <laughs> as, we, as we close, tell me, what is bringing you joy? Watching my children grow up and, and become their own humans uh, and how they experience the world. It's so different from me. I learn something new every day and I'm really enjoying this time with them right now. 
Thank you. (laughs) Thank you for the work that Glisten is doing. It's just so fabulous. I love the time that we're living in. I love it for our kids that there are companies like Glisten and individuals like you that are helping us feel empowered and in control, I think, of our own well-being. Um, And so thank you for the work that Glisten is doing. And thank you for sharing it with Salam and Hello. Thank you so much for having me. This was so much fun. And thanks for the work you do, bringing our stories out. Oh, thank you, Salam. And you've always been such a generous, generous friend, sharing contacts and information with me all the time. So I appreciate you, Ehate. Thank you so much. Likewise. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. And listeners, we would love to hear from you. So if you have some thoughts, please reach out and let us know. It's lily at salamandhello.com or you can reach us on all of our platforms. It's simply at salamandhello and that's salam with an E. S-E-L-A-M at hello and hello. And of course, please check out Glisten. It's G-L-I-S-E-N dot me. You can find their services and some of the services that Salam was mentioning earlier are free. So please check them out. Look at the research they're doing, the services they're offering. I think it's so worth your time. And lastly, we would love it if you would rate or review us. That really helps our show reach more people and you know get some more partnerships, hopefully. So please rate and review. We would be so grateful. And until we meet again, have a great week. See you soon.
Um, what's bringing me joy beyond what I just shared with women? Yes, please. Uh, 